Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Before we begin, a note from our sponsor. I'm Richard Jacobs, Executive Director of the nonprofit Finding Genius Foundation and host of the Finding Genius Podcast. In late 2016, I was rear-ended at 65 miles an hour by a truck on the highway, which sent me off-road into a ditch. The impact of the collision gave me a concussion and other injuries. At the hospital, a CT scan showed that I had thyroid nodules, which turned out to be cancer. It was then, when I had a biopsy in my neck, that I realized, even if I was a millionaire, I wouldn't want a second or a third biopsy due to the pain and the invasiveness of it. And appointments at that time for thyroid experts were three to six months out. And I was worried about dying now, even if that was irrational. So because of this, I've decided to raise money to conduct a literature review on steroids, on the causes of anxiety and depression, a condition that affects well over 50 million people in the United States and hundreds of millions worldwide. Our goal is to create a codex, a guide, that reveals all possible treatments for anxiety and depression for people that live with the condition or for loved ones that have it, as my wife and my son do. To find out more about our fundraiser, visit FindingGeniusFoundation.org and click on Current Initiatives. And now, to our guest. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have Sarah James. Uh, she's an author and co-founder of what's called Jacaranda Hill Farm. And we're going to talk about uh, her work there and uh, her experience. So, Sarah, thanks for coming. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for having me. Yeah, if you would, tell me about your, uh, you know, your most current venture. What are you working on or working in right now? Yes. So um, I'm currently, this is a by night time and by weekend job. So um, by day, I work for an engineering consultancy globally. And traditionally, I've done technology consultancy and engineering consultancy. And I grew up with a farming background in the UK. So my parents were in young farmers. I was in young farmers. And about six years ago, we decided as a family that we were going to start a farm. And so, yeah, so our current venture is Jacaranda Hill Farm. We live on about 100 acres, about an hour south of Perth, Western Australia. And what we're doing is running the business um, the way I've been trained to run tech businesses and engineering um, consultancies. So we're doing a lot of partnering, a lot of partnerships on the farm. We're playing with um, technology, which is so much fun, especially IoT and automation. So it's we moved here a year ago. The house is completely off grid. It's a converted shed. So inside it looks brand new, but, but it is a shed on the outside. And we've just upgraded our off grid battery system. Um, to lithium iron and mm-hmm. we've currently got about 40 kilowatt of power going through there which is great so we're not connected to the grid we're off grid so, yeah so, so what's the, uh, the, what's the main the, what does the farm produce you know the, the house is yeah. off the grid great but what's the production yeah. of the farm yeah so the, at the moment the farm the way we're doing it is um working with neighbors so it's very um collaborative in the way we work so we don't have any cows on the farm all our cows are loaned from neighbors and that is on purpose in order for us to 
restore the ground and do regenerative agriculture out here. What we have got is we've got about 20 beehives, again, through another partnership. So we're producing all our own honey and also selling it to the campers. So we went on a journey about two years ago, um, working with what was then called UCAMP, and it's now been bought out by an American company, and it's now called HipCamp. So we very successfully launched HipCamp here at the farm. So we've got seven sites where people can come and come and camp off grid. So they bring everything with them that they need um, and they've, they're nowhere near each other. So they can't see each other and they're in the bush. So they're with trees and it's, it is beautiful. We're very, very lucky here. Um, mm. So that is our main venture. So we might be called Jacaranda Hill Farm, but we, it's about diversity and diversification. So my head, if you put all your eggs, for example, which we do do eggs here as well, <laughs> in one one basket, then if things happen or change, then you aren't able to pivot. So we've done bees, cows with the neighbours. They've got about 100 that we rotate through. Eggs, we've got 20 or so chickens at the moment, all producing eggs, even though it's um, really, really cold in midwinter. So uh, cold here outside is 10, I should say, but chickens don't like 10 degrees. And then we've also got silver perch in the dam, and we are looking at doing what they call glamping. So these are tents which can withstand cyclones and things like that that come through and very very popular so we're looking at doing two of those and we we've been discussing planning permission with them so we have to do it the right way which is good so yeah very similar to here Uluru which is the big rock in the center of Australia have got a few and also somewhere called Rotnest Island has a few as well and it's all about that all right. So you said that you're, are you trying to restore the land or you're trying to just use it in a diverse way? Or I'm not sure I understand. The reason we did it is because we recognize that a lot of kids and a lot of families don't have access to land out here to camp on. We have parks, so run by the government. However, you can't take your whole family. So you can't take your dog with you. And they, you often have to travel quite away from Perth in order to find somewhere to camp. So and also when you do camp, they're often very close together. So we had a trip when I was pregnant seven years ago to the Prongrups and we camped and it was grand final weekend for the Australian rules football out here. And the campsite was packed and you couldn't get out. The, out you walked out the tent and there was somebody else there. And we both, Robert and my husband and I, both thought this, this isn't right. This isn't, isn't how it should be when people want to get away. So right. that's why we brought camping, off-grid camping to the farm. And we've won awards for what we've done, which is pretty special from Hip Camp. And the other thing we did a first for was um, pay-as-you-go insurance. So when somebody books the camping, they a percentage of that booking is insurance. So Hip Camp did that for us because the indemnity insurance for the farm to do this would be so high, it, it wasn't financially viable. And we're very, very lucky, very lucky to have a council here in in the Peel region, which has been supportive of this and absolutely love what we've been doing. So there, there is plans to get a few of our own cows. I'd love to be able to do my own butter and my own milk and a few goats and a few ducks so that children and families who live in the city, they can go out an hour from, from Perth on the weekend and experience what it's like to be in the country. I think it's very important for especially children to reconnect 
with the environment to which they live and to be able to touch a chicken to see where an egg comes from exactly. and to see the, see what it's like when it comes out that it's warm and and then mm-hmm. ask the question is there a baby chicken in there um, and to see that as well so we hatch eggs here as well and just I think it it sparks that genius in children so it, it creates that when you see a child in the outdoors asking questions or thinking about what's going on it leads to more questions and I think right. it's it's good to be it's good for children to be in that environment especially if they're not on a day-to-day basis and it asks yeah, no, so we defend you here as well yeah and it it's almost for me it's the balance between technology because I work in it on a daily basis and the outdoors so it creates a balance for me otherwise it can be too it can become too many numbers and digits and it, it's quite a nice so you've turned balance. it into a, a place where people can camp and experience yes. nature and it sounds like also a uh, maybe kind of an outdoor school in a way is that accurate well yeah we it's that's kind of happened by accident so because people want to know about off-grid they want to know well a reed what is a reed bed system so our water gets filtered through the reed bed system here and then goes out onto the land people ask questions so you end up so the amount of people I've never met before that have gone can we see your battery room which happens to be through my bathroom (laughs) and out the other side it is unbelievable so you do end up teaching but it's teaching in a practical way um, which I think goes in better well for me it does I know that and and we also get you get like-minded people who care about the environment come out and the amount of people we've met is unbelievable and it's lovely and the other thing I find is so certain times a year we're allowed campfires during bushfire season out here we're not um, which makes complete sense but to get around a campfire and chat have a hot chocolate or a glass of wine or whatever you you do it's good for the soul it takes you back to uh, basics and we find a lot of, of people who come out here go away regenerated before we continue I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. They go away and feel like they've, they're connected with their soul. And I, I don't know why. I can't quite describe it. But uh, when I'm well, here, nature, I, I feel more Nature grounded. does feel like that. Yeah, nature feels like that. It yeah. does. It does. It is hard sometimes running the farm as well as working in the city. So I travel into the city um, a few days a week um, and my job is amazing. They let me work flexibly from home, always have done. But the convergence between technology and the farm here and giving people access to both to see what we're doing with tech. So we've also got got dams here on the property. So we feed water from the bottom dam across to the property so that we can so we can irrigate different crops around the house. So we're playing with veggie garden and eventually we'd like to 
offer our campers as well as um, honey and eggs. I like to offer them a garden as well. So a veg garden that they can come and choose what they want and cook with the produce that's from here as well. So slowly but surely we'll get there with that. So that's all automated on a system. And we use if then if this, then that to make sure that at certain times of the day it comes through, which is great. Um, we've also done um, soap as well, which is really popular. So another local farmer just down the road, she's 10 minutes down the road from me. She also does hit camp as well. So we work as a network to if we're full, we'll send people to her. If she's full, she'll send people to us. She also runs a soap company from her property. So what we do is send her our honey and then she sends us back soap made with the honey. So then on the farm as well, we offer that to our guests as well. We're very lucky. Because you make soap out of the honey? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a honey soap. It's really, really good for your skin. Um, and it's all naturally. So we don't use pesticides or anything here on our farm. Um, one of our neighbors, he's a biodynamic farmer. And he has therefore not been spraying for, I think, over 50 years or so on their property. So we are, he's been amazing. That That's the morels who live nearby they third generation farmers on their land but they've been a source of wisdom for us and a help and that guidance because my family don't live here so it's nice to have somebody who's a bit older a bit wiser and has done this for years nearby which has been a great help Um, so the the goal of the farm is to is to what teach you know using actual real experiences out in the field and is it also to monetize the farm or like what else is the the point of the farm no, the we when we bought it, we said we would never we didn't want to make both of us aren't money money driven. We never have been. I did work for one of the big four companies and it just didn't sit right with me. So what we've said is as long as we break even, as long as we've got enough money to survive here, we're happy. So that's why we've kept, I think like it's $20 a night to camp. We've kept the the amount of money low on purpose yeah. so it's accessible to all. so it, it's not about how much money can we make here it's about making people aware educating people you're quite right of the outdoors and how it can make a difference to your life and I think I think it, it does make it makes a huge difference and you can you can see it when people come <laughs> what they're like when they go is very different to when they arrive some of them that's for sure oh, what do you so, mean what's an example what do you mean so often people can rock up on a friday evening and they are stressed worried concerned excited though you could hear that and then they go and there's a sense you can just feel it that there's a sense of relaxation a sense of calm in people that we've seen and and it's so funny when we've had a lot of people come who they start off at the the camp we're on a hill and it runs all the way up to the top of the escarpment here if you like this podcast please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on itunes and people start off thinking they want to stay on the 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 flat area and then people explore and wonder about the property and get to the top and they're like oh wow these views are amazing so you can see the ocean from the top of our escarpment and so we're on the darling ranges as well and yeah you just you just see they look lighter in in their in who they are and yeah you can 
really see a difference. Um, one of the things we've done here on the farm as well, there's there's in Western Australia, um, in, it's gone Australia now, there's uh, something called the Blue Farm um, Blue Tree Project. And the Blue Tree Project is about when trees die and out here they look they look very barren and they've got no there's just the trunk left and some of the some of the big branches. And a lady invented an idea where if somebody has been affected by suicide um, or is aware of that, um, to paint a tree blue. So we have a blue tree on our farm with a blue bench underneath it. Um, and it's a beautiful place to sit and look out. So that so. And we did that because I have been affected by a friend that did um, and a few others that we know as well. Mm. So it, it's um, a place of reflection. And every year we do a on our Are You OK Day um, around there, it's normally on a weekend, people come to the farm. And again, it's we just have friends, family and other people who want to come. And we do a sausage sizzle. That's the thing over here. Where you just where everybody has a a sausage in a bun and you have a bit of a yarn so to speak um and that's what we do that's what it's about so okay. it it's our way of giving back to society that's what we do yeah that's excellent what um we, we just have a few more minutes what are some of the future plans yeah. of your farm for the next year or two oh, so the two glamping tents we both want to do that we also we've got a lot of weeds on top paddock i want to get rid of them that that's never ending when you live on a farm i want to play with more tech we're going to upgrade the drones that we've got here i've my husband has to prove <laughs> prove that we can that we can justify the spend before buying gadgets here um and i definitely want to get a few cows probably dexters because they they're less intensive on the on the ground um and then yeah we'll we'll look at more animals that's for sure and grow that way i think also irrigation we want to connect up the top water tank to our bottom water tank and i'm i'm trying to convince my husband that i want to do an extension on the house as well so another bathroom would be really nice because i've got the girls will be teenagers one day and i <laughs> that would be fun so yeah there's lots of plans here and i think the use of new technology that's that's what i want to play with as well so as new things come i definitely want to play with that do you so, get people that, that ask you uh how you did it and you know are you doing any speaking engagements on how you did what you did yes i spoke to amazon um they interviewed me on she builds because i've applied my technology experience into the farm basically so mm. they i'll sh share with you the link it was great, great fun chatting to Lillian, um, Lillian Dean on that. And that was two weeks ago, I think, on their Twitch platform. So it, it's, yeah, there's been quite a few. And then a local school asked me to go and speak, to which I did. It was amazing. And then I'm speaking at a change management uh, event on Thursday next week. And this is where people have read my book and have enjoyed it so much. They want to hear more. So it's very humbling, very humbling. So Yeah, no, that's excellent. Very good. Well, excellent. What's the best way for people that, you know, can't get to the farm to find out more about it and, uh, you know, maybe in the future to plan a trip or something? 
Yeah, so we're on Facebook, so Jack Around a Hill Farm on Facebook. My husband, Robert, he does all this social media stuff. So you're not talking, well, you might be talking to me if he's sleeping and I'm awake. So he Instagram, we're on there as well. Twitter, we're on there. And then there's also Google. There's loads of pictures of the farm that people have taken. Um, so you can go and have a look on there. Um, and you can book through HipCamp. That's the best place to book. The um, We had somebody, you asked me the question about what people were like when they arrived. One one family, they, they arrived. They'd been waiting for our borders in Western Australia to open because we were on their bucket list. And my husband and I, when they said that to us, we both wanted to cry. We were like, wow, really thank cool. you. It's so humbling. Yeah. So, yeah, we're very lucky and the people we get to meet here are very nice people. Excellent. Well, very good. Well, you know, thank you for coming on the podcast. And it's uh, it's cool that you're innovating in this space where, you know, it seems like it's either a big farm or, or nothing. And you're actually succeeding where a lot of people are failing. So that's excellent. Yeah, I think there are people around the world that are doing this and they're doing it more and more. And I, I just think big farming is not the way to go anymore. It's not sustainable. And using pesticides and herbicides and glycophosphates and all that not good stuff it's not good for our health (laughs) it's proven so we need to do something different and if supply chains are disrupted we have to be able to survive so i know we could survive here excellent all right well sarah thank you very much for coming on the podcast i appreciate it thank you richard thank you very much for having me if you like this podcast please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on itunes You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.